0: I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. After a long, long gap, I'm thrilled to be joined today by one lady who is making her fourth appearance on The Interviewer, a teacher an influencer, a lover of all things edible, and also just downright gorgeous. It's tess Saliba. Hello,
1: my friend. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Are you sure it's our third, not our fifth? I said it was our fourth. Our fourth. I have a feeling it's our fifth, You're my serious? friend. I listen to ours. I go back and listen. I listen to your podcasts. Well, well, your podcasts in general, because I just love podcasts, but I love yours in particular. And I listen to ours from time to time. Just to refresh my memory on the garbage we say from time to time. Well, you say garbage, but you actually,
0: on the last podcast Uh, that we did... That was a really good podcast. Had a very powerful podcast. And when that went out onto Campus FM, which I had forgotten was going to happen, a lot of people get in touch with me, asking me about that podcast, because you were talking about body image and you were also talking about another... About mental health as yeah, well. Like and social
1: issues. Well, you asked a couple of very good questions. That's how I got into it. Um, That's both, what I do. Yeah. The interview area you now and all of that. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a, a topic of conversation I'm genuinely interested in. And um, I will always talk about it to anybody who who is willing to listen. And I want to see more of it on social media. I want to see a lot more um, conversation about body image and promoting the natural body image and accepting that we have our flaws, that we have cellulites, that we have stretch marks, you know, we should be embracing this. So I think we should. And I think since
0: we have had that podcast, I've become much more aware Aware. of what is out there. And I think a lot of people have become a lot more aware of what is out there. And also you said something in that podcast which has stuck with me and I try to of act on Of the unfollowing,
1: for sure.
0: Tr- I try to act on it. But not only that, I've spoken about it in subsequent post podcasts quite a number of times, is that if something is not positive for your mental health... So not beneficial. Unfollow.
1: Unfollow, unfollow. 100%. Unfollow, it. unfollow, just get it out there. And that's what I've been doing. Anything that is toxic,
0: you should eliminate. But today we're going to be touching on the fact that you frequently tell me how you've listened to the interviewer. Thank mm-hmm. you so much indeed. But that something has stuck out. So today I want to look at the past months of Okay. and pull out what guests have said that's touched you and discuss these points. And also I have some of my own as well. All right. So let's start off with one of
1: your podcast that you really thought touched you and was important to you? I think one of one of the most interesting that I listened to recently, and I'm going to mention it because I actually I actually reached out to him is the one of Ben Camille. Because I thought he was brutally honest. The comment he made about PBS about, and about uh-huh. the quality
0: of television. Yes,
1: yes. Um I, as in this is not a dig at PBS. His wasn't a dig at PBS. Um even though there were Uh, online platforms that just took it completely out of context. And I know, and a lot of people told you, a lot of people told me, a lot of people told Ben that all they did was read this particular article, took it completely out of context and didn't actually listen to the podcast. This was just a tiny fragment of what he kind of delved into in the podcast. And I thought it was very true and very brave nowadays. We have so much competition in the sense of what's happening locally with regards to television, with regards to anything really, podcasts even, and and radio, you know, our phones gives us access to so many more things. So nowadays you don't just rely on what is produced locally. And he made a really valid point. But that was the point. But it it was taken out of context. The question that I asked him was not dissimilar
0: to the question I had asked Herman, the question I asked Frank, because I asked Frank from Vibe, is Radio Dead? And my question to Ben was is television dead, bearing in mind all of the other platforms that we have. I remember he answered by saying, oh, I wasn't going to say this. Mm -hmm. This is not something I'd prepared Prepared for." for. So he spoke from the heart and he spoke in context of caring about what Malta as a country is receiving and working with. And as you said, that was a tiny, tiny
1: fragment of the entire interview. Interview. Yes, it happens. We're used to it by now. But why did that one uh, strike a chord in particular? First of all, um, he's a friend of mine, so it's always nice to listen to a friend being interviewed. But what I found interesting is that I know that television gives an impression. It's happened to me. Ben and I coincidentally worked on a show called Il Clicka Together, which he mentions in the podcast. And I often have people come to me, come up to me after they get to know me a little bit, and they say, I had no idea you were this way. I had a totally different impression of you. And unfortunately, I, I, he mentions it as well, that he, he does have that experience that people go up to him and tell him after they've experienced working with him or whatever, saying, oh my gosh, you're actually a really nice guy. And he genuinely is. And I felt that in that interview, we got to see this totally different side of Ben. So if you guys are scrolling through through these podcasts and you're like, nah, Ben, give it a chance. It's a really good interview. I actually said in the interview
0: and to Ben afterwards, it was one of the most surprising interviews 100%. I've ever done. Because I was one of those people that perceived Ben as a particular individual and it's what I had prepared for for a a podcast, it's what I expected from a podcast and actually what I got was a thousand times different to what I was
1: expecting.
0: Anything else anybody said over the last couple of months?
1: I loved, loved Thomas. Am I saying... He spells it with a Z. Do you say it's Thomas oh, or Thomas? this is a really
0: recent one. This is Thomas. This is the, 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 say the it tattoo with, okay. artist.
1: It was absolutely amazing. First of all, I was completely moved by the fact that he was having a conversation outside, having a cigarette with a colleague. And they asked him, if you had to do anything, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it in the same way? Or what would you change? And that was the the changing factor for him. That was the the motivator to be like, okay. So... As I was listening to it, I was totally feeling like, yes, it it truly is never too late. And then the fact that he then went into something so completely different to gaming. Because just to put this in, in context if you haven't heard that podcast it's
0: amazing uh, <laughs> do so thomas and it's a recent podcast it was only last week thomas in actual fact was very successful at school his te- he wanted to be an artist his teachers said no 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 you're too intelligent that was also something too intelligent to be an artist so he said they said going to junior college do your a-levels didn't want to do that dropped out became a Casino dealer worked his way up, worked his way through that, and it was as you mentioned there. If you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, we're giving you the whole story in <laughs> five, five seconds. But he's sitting there on a fag break, and a woman says to him, If you could change it all over and do it all over again, what would you do? And he made the decision that day that he wanted to be an artist, and he became one of Malta's best. Tattoo tattoo artist. And he's twenty eight years old. So he's already settled down. He's got his family, you know, he's got his setup, he's got his house and everything like this. So he has to make that commitment to
1: change with everything against him. I really I really enjoyed listening to him. Genuinely I did. And the fact, you know, then you asked him questions about tattooing as well, and that was interesting. So obviously I loved loved listening to Herman Greg, because I used to work with him at times of Malta. So it was Absolutely amazing to listen to him speak. You had a couple of uh, people, men in the media, which I really enjoyed. You had Frank to do with radio. You had um, Herman doing print and also Keith Demikoli. I really loved it. It's interesting you say that you loved the interview with Herman because I found,
0: even when I was editing it, it was not one of those interviews that was comfortable. It was very powerful and very challenging, particularly in the second half. The first half was more about the role of media. The second half, he talked about his own personal challenges. He talked about what's happening in Malta. And he said one thing that keeps coming back to me over and over again, and I want to ask you about this, is that he turned around and said that the situation in Malta has gone beyond the tipping point. There is no turning back. We screwed the environment, and there's no way that we can get back from that. And I found that very
1: bold... I also found it very depressing and very challenging. Neil, Ajuce touches, obviously, it touches upon it when you interview him too. And obviously, so do Cain and so does Kaz. I found those all very, very powerful. It, it was just impressive. I remember I was listening to Neil's as I was taking groceries out of bags. And I'm going... And Dave actually does the grocery shopping, not I. So I don't mean to throw him under the bus or anything, <laughs> but... Um, poor Dave. Poor Dave. Um, but as I was sacking, I'm going, why, why do the bananas need to go in a bag? You know, I, as I was listening, I, I was telling myself, this was not a good decision. Next time round this does not go into a bag did you a make plastic bag. Next time yes year. i did uh, to be honest i have made this change i installed a reverse osmosis at home so we don't use plastic bottles i use get yourself a soda stream because then you can have sparkly uh, yes, yes. water without <laughs> plastic or glass as yes, well it's
0: true it's true we do need to so, get one it's a shameless
1: ad for a soda stream anyway why are we talking about this because they they touched upon things uh, Neil's interview and Kane's interview and even Herman's interview which while you're listening and normally when you're listening to a podcast you're doing something let's face it you're cleaning or you're doing a workout or you're driving around Tez, oh. you listen to podcasts while cleaning and doing workouts uh-huh I listen to podcasts all the time I, I don't while you're cleaning while I'm cleaning that's the most common well, you don't listen to podcasts
0: very often then
1: Ah, Roberta Metzola. I loved her interview.
0: Now, Roberta Metzler, for, in, for anybody who hasn't heard it, is not a political statement. No. It's an interview with the woman. And what was interesting for me is that that was a 40-minute interview in 24 minutes. She's so concise. She answers so directed. I but loved it. It was just very, very powerful.
1: But what did you love about that? What was your takeaway from that interview? You know, you actually mentioned it yourself just now. I love how she manages to get her message across without all the fluffy bits, I call them. You know, she doesn't have the fancy, she has fancy words. She's very well read, you know, she's got, she's very articulate. This is not what I mean, but she gets her message, her message across literally without all the garbage around it. And I find that so interesting to listen to because it's not, first of all, kudos to you. And I don't think she gave you much work to do, but you did take out all I did, the... No, I did one minute of editing on that. I can imagine. Um, Because normally, you know, you tell me that sometimes you've got to take off lots of you knows and all of that. And with her, mine as well, because I say I blab so much, I really blab, poor you when you're editing. But with her, I could imagine that she... Just doesn't say those freely things. She has a point. She's going to say it and then she's going to tell you, yes, next question. And I love that. She's so matter of fact. I can imagine her raising her kids that way. I can imagine her uh, coming up with policies that way. I can imagine her in European Parliament that way. I can imagine her with her husband that way. I can imagine her at the supermarket that way. I, I just, I am Lord a huge I, fan I of her. I really dread anyone
0: that's at the veg <laughs> counter when she comes over and doesn't want a plastic bag. <laughs> she's it's that still- direct. She'll be like, give it to me. Like- like that now that's fine i'm not saying it. she she's one of those people who are very efficient with words mm-hmm. she exactly. It. she doesn't say anything she doesn't mean and she doesn't mean anything she doesn't say and i think that, that directness as i said one minute of editing with that and i was very pleased to be able to do that one of the things that surprised me as well is that never in that interview was the word labor or nationalist at all. ever mentioned
1: it's so not a political piece so not a political piece and i can imagine that for some what for whatever reason people may look at the podcast and be like no i'm not going to go into that one but it's really not that kind of interview really not that kind of interview shall i tell you the interview that has been outstandingly the most
0: popular interview go on have a guess go on have a guess the one that's had of the most of keith listen- de keith de for
1: sure That was well-timed, Madam Kerr, Was well. I liked that about you.
0: I had a little bit of insider information on that one. (laughs) But that has been, to date, the most listened to podcast with over a thousand listens. Right the way through. eh? Right the way through. Why you've listened to that podcast, why do you think that that would be such an amazing interview piece, apart from being
1: well-timed? First of all... Let's call a spade a spade. The public does love Keith Demicoli. That automatically, when, when there is... But why? Because he's Keith Demicoli. You can't not love him. You, you genuinely can't not love Keith Demicoli. It is impossible. He is the most humble, down-to-earth organized and professional human being you will ever meet he is he just ticks all the right boxes such a lovely human being and we got used to him entertaining us to a certain extent and informing us every evening on the news he was part of your home he was part of our home literally you know all of a sudden he's no longer there so and you kind of grow up with him when I met him at the very when I physically met him the very first time I was I was starstruck because I was like oh my god it's Keith Demikoli, you know he's he, and it was hilarious because then I worked with him we ran the half marathon together and I'm like oh my god it's Keith Demikoli. and then you get to know him you know and you're like okay okay he is Keith Demikoli, but now he's just Keith but he's not a nice guy and he was so honest again I as you can tell because this is something I'm, I'm repeating constantly when you're telling me you're like what did you like what did you like I like people who are honest and I think the beauty of a podcast and the atmosphere that you create. So this is also kudos to you is that because it's just two people in a studio just in front of a microphone without cameras and all of that you can really be honest, which is how I felt comfortable to talk about my body situation and how I felt comfortable talking about my mental health situation. I think that's also the beauty of the nature of a podcast as well. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed him talking about how he went into it, how he got into journalism, and how he needed, after a good couple of years, to take a step back and do something different. It happens, just like it happens to to Thomas. You know, he needed he needed to reexpose his life and do something completely different what touched me
0: is when he told the story of when he had been involved emotionally the report that a lady had passed away no she hadn't passed away she'd gone missing ah yes i remember and this went on for a a number of weeks they couldn't find her and he became very emotionally involved in this story because he was reading this story every day And when he got told unofficially that her body had been found and he announced it on air, it was not scripted, it was not part of the news bulletin, but he started the news bulletin by saying that her body had been found. And he got a good telling off. And he admits on the podcast it was a huge mistake because family members didn't know. And there he goes announcing it on National national television. And I thought that that was an incredibly honest and brave conversation to have. And it's one of the things I think I've really enjoyed about interviewing people is when they could admit that this was wrong, yes, their flaws and their weaknesses and when they get things wrong or, or when they find things hard. I find it so empowering as an interviewer
1: but so empowering for the people that are listening to this. One hundred. I was about to us. I was about to tell you. In fact, for us as listeners, it's great because you would have you would have asked a question which would strike a chord, which would in turn kind of resolve in admitting something, and then us as the lit- listeners can relate to it or can't. We're just empathic towards the situation, but sometimes you can relate to it and you're like, oh my gosh. Okay, he's not the perfect guy. Okay, he makes mistakes too. Oh my, I did that. And and it's something you can relate to. And I really like that. And it comes back to another podcast that I'm doing at the moment uh, with,
0: with and vintage. And it's part of my uh, role as an interviewer. I'm interviewing for them and I'm only interviewing women. But there's a lot of conversations that are going on on that podcast over on Spotify Uh, It's called Empowered, where I'm talking to women and they're doing the same thing that you did. They're talking about subjects that we don't talk about. They're talking about things that whether it be the struggles with motherhood or whether it be body image. You know, you're not the only person that talked about body image. I had Brooke talking about very brutally talking about her struggles with body image and it comes down to a conversation that I've recently had that when you know that you are not on your own and there are other people that feel like that and when it comes down to there are other people in the public eye that feel Mm -hmm. like that that changes the way that you see things
1: I agree well, you just hit the nail on the head with that one. I obviously listen to what you, what you post on Empowered as well. I'm, I, I'm noticing that I'm mentioning mostly men when it comes to the interviewer. There are women on that one as on interviewer as well. I, I want to ask you a question that I've asked you before.
0: podcast with René hmm photographer. Sexy war man. Zone, <laughs> it <was> sexy man, <laughs> says Tess. A war zone uh, photographer, He is also, uh, you know, a family guy and he talks about his journey through his photography, how he got into photography, what he's done in photography. He talks about being a photographer, being shot at, being kidnapped in uh, North Africa, all these sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But he says one thing that people kept repeating to me. He talks about being a parent and he talks about taking away the devices from children.
1: We spoke about that in... Meeting Tez, part three, if I'm not mistaken, where we speak about socials. Because you had just interviewed Mariella, the podcast with her, you were discussing how you should have certain restrictions in place, especially when you're raising children, yada, yada, yada. Children are quite often given devices to entertain them but they're missing
0: out on the quality of life. And respect to René, because he is a busy man and he's a professional photographer and so on. But when he does have time with his kids, from what I can understand, he takes them off-roading in his Land Rover. He takes them to Sicily. He takes them climbing up volcanoes. You know, I don't believe that René is this kind of guy that says that he'll do something and and doesn't do it.
1: Yes, and I can imagine myself being that kind of parent as well. You know, having a backpack and being like, okay, we're going here today. But that's the kind of person I am. I think, I think, I do think you do make an effort (laughs) for your kids. I notice in my sister, who absolutely hates the beach, but does make an effort for her kids because, you know, it's summer, the kids like to play at the beach, yada, yada, yada. But I do also think that it's the type of parent you are, Um, Again, and I say this without... I'm not a parent, but I think the type of parent you are depends a lot on the type of person you are. If you're not an active, outdoorsy kind of person, you're not going to do things like, are you really going to make an effort to do that with your kids? You know, I also see parents who are constantly on devices, so then it's no surprise that their kids are constantly on devices, well, we had a
0: conversation where you admitted that you'd gone to a family barbecue or family picnic
1: and you spent most of the afternoon on your device scrolling through reels. No, I wasn't scrolling through reels. I was stro- scrolling through rehearsals. I was scrolling through pictures on my photo stream. I was going through videos on my rehe- of my old rehearsals, of funny things that happened backstage. I was actually listening to harmonies that I have recorded on my phone. There are afternoons, yes, normally on a Sunday afternoon or normally when Liverpool are playing or I'm completely uninterested.
0: Tez, that explains everything and nobody is going to ever judge you for being on your phone when Liverpool are playing.
1: But let me tell you, this is something that we referred to before and when, when you think about it, when I'm listening to a podcast, what am I listening to it? Not much on a device. I'm listening to it with my AirPods on. And I'm listening to a podcast on a device. Yes, I'm not going to deny that I have my afternoons where I'm killing brain cells. I call it bri- frying brain cells on TikTok. I can't say I don't have that, especially if there's never pool on. But this is what we had, we had discussed, that you need to kind of find a balance of, of when you're going to use your device. I mean, I'm not going to go out for dinner and remain on my phone because that is plain rude. But one of my guests actually gave me a different way of looking at
0: our interaction with devices. Because when I was a kid, I'd get home from school. I might go out if it was a nice day, I might go out on my bike. But by five o'clock, I'm at home. I'm watching John Craven's news around. And then I'm watching Blue Peter. And after Blue Peter, then came neighbours. And at six you o'clock. Shows. At six o'clock, you have the news. About six o'clock, we'd probably have supper. After supper, you'd have uh, the local news, you'd have EastEnders, you'd have a chat show. And pretty much the television would go on at 5 p.m. and it would stay on until I went to bed. So being entertained by a device has always been always been the case. The difference I think that we have now is that the devices are in our hands and they isolate us rather than bringing
1: us together, sitting around a television set as a family. The only difference, in fact, we've mentioned this before in part three, if I'm not mistaken, um, where we said this exact same thing. I, uh, I think that there is a time and a place for certain things. If you're having dinner with somebody, if you're having dinner with people, actually it doesn't have to be one person, you put your phone down. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Personally, for me, if I'm having dinner with somebody and they're constantly looking at their phone, unless, of course, there's something going on, you know, for whatever reason, they need to look at their phone, um, I probably won't hang out with this person again. So I don't know. I sometimes I think that <sighs> I hear this so often, I'm oh, device devices, devices. And I'm a bit like, aha, but what exactly are, do, are you doing on your device? When you think about it, for example, I use it a lot for bookings, for, for my wedding singing, for example, because I'm constantly in touch with the bride and the groom about their wedding. Technically, I'm on Facebook. Am I scrolling through garbage on Facebook? No, I'm handling a booking. But if you see it at face value, I'm on Facebook. So, Tessa, I've got one last question for you. All right. Who would you, as a regular
0: podcast listener, who would you like to hear being interviewed?
1: And what kind of
0: questions would you like to me to ask them?
1: Well, I, I really, we mentioned Herman already and I had suggested him to you. So that was really interesting. It, it was a tick off my list. Maybe um, Mary Louise Calera Preca.
0: I have not told you this, but she is actually booked. She's coming on the podcast. Is she? Yes. What would you ask her? <sighs>
1: oh, this, is, this is even more interesting now because it's actually happening. Um, um, uh, what would I ask her? I would ask her what it's like. I would ask her what it's like to to shoulder that responsibility. I would ask her if she got to choose her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll bear those questions in mind when I ask her. <laughs> um, the, who else could you interview? Do they have to be alive? <laughs> no, you, uh, you listen. Make a suggestion. I'll see if I can make it happen. <laughs> um, well, Dave would love Michael Jackson if you had to manage that. <laughs>
0: notice michael jackson might be a tiny tiny bit out of my reach well there's a whole debate there that he's alive so <laughs> listen I tell you what i do you can tell dave i'll see if i can get michael jackson i'll get that to happen yeah that would be great listen thank you so much for being on the podcast again it's no always good to chat and catch up with you it's always good to hear what you think and also i'm glad to hear that you're enjoying the the podcast but kudos not to me kudos to every single guest who's been on the show